Um, throughout uh, this month, we've been talking about Jesus being the king and then what that means for us. So today is our, our last one in that series. Um, and uh, today is really about what it means to be a subject of the king or a servant of the king. And uh, we have this text from Matthew 25, the passage of the sheep and the goats. This is uh, a troubling text. I wish this text ended at verse 40, um, where, uh, where we don't talk about the goats. Um, and we just deal with the sheep, and it's wonderful, and they've been nice to people throughout their, their lives, and Jesus welcomes them into his kingdom. And that would be, that would be a nice, uh, nice story for me. Um, it doesn't end there, though, and the goats get banished into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And I don't know about you, but I'm quite troubled by that. Um, as you start to think about this text, or as I started to think about this text, I realized that I'm actually troubled by something else in the text as well. And it's not just that um, there's a group of people that, that go uh, to a place that I don't want to go. It's that where they end up, the salvation of these people seems dependent on their actions. I'm really troubled by that. As a preacher and as someone who reads scripture and has heard that our salvation is not based on works, but our salvation is based on grace. What is this passage about? What is Jesus doing here in telling this story about this, there's one group of people that they're good, they, they, they feed the hungry, they visit those in prison, they take care of the sick, they give clothing to the naked, and because of all that, they're rewarded with entry into the kingdom. Yet that's not actually what we believe at all. We believe that we have been saved by grace through faith, not by works. I'm quite troubled by this text. But I want you to imagine that if we follow through on this idea that Jesus is the king, and it even calls Jesus uh, the, the, the king in this passage, talking about the, the kingdom that's been prepared that you are going to inherit or you are not going to inherit. Imagine that Jesus, that Jesus really is the king and that you've gone throughout your life and there was at least one occasion in your life where there was someone who was hungry and you brought them a sandwich and sat down with them and had something to eat with them. And then at the end of all things, there's the king on his throne, and he says, surprise, that was me. And you are now in my good graces. See, if, if that happens, if we actually think through the story, we get surprised by the grace of the king. The, the king lets you into his good graces, not so much because you gave the person the sandwich. That didn't really earn you much. 
He lets you into his good graces because he is a gracious king. You're still saved by grace. You're still saved by grace. Jesus, I think, is, is actually in this passage trying to undo a certain idea of salvation that was prevalent in his time. And that was, you have to be a child of Abraham to be saved. He completely undoes that with this text. He says, oh, no, no, no. It's actually not about your heritage. It's not about how you grew up. It's not about who you're related to. It's actually about which kind of people you are. There's a new nation that Jesus forms, right? He gathers all the nations before him in this, at the beginning of this text. And by the end of the text, what he's done is he's formed a new nation, in Christ nation. And they're made up of the people who have gone throughout their lives caring for those who are the least of these. It's not so much that we're saved by these works, it's more that we ought to be looking at, well, what does the life of faith look like? The ones who are saved in this passage are the ones who have lived a life in such a way that they have led the life of faith. That's what our life of faith is supposed to look like, is like the people in the first category who care for the least of these. It's not about uh, you have to be, be one of the holy people that's set apart. In fact, the, the holy people are now the ones who get messy with the people who would be considered unholy. Salvation is by grace through faith, but what does the life of faith look like? And it's really not about the surface in this passage, right? It's, uh, even in, in Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom. Because you notice that the, the goats here in this passage, they don't uh, dispute that Jesus is uh, Lord. In fact, they, they seem to be saying, well, you know, if we had known it was you, we probably would have given you something to drink and eat, and we would have helped you. When did we, when did we ever ignore you, Jesus? In some ways, we've got the category of the people who are gathered here are all acknowledging Jesus as Lord. It's just some people have lived their lives loving others, and some people have not lived that way. It's because the life of faith is not a surface kind of thing. It's not, you can't just play lip service to Jesus. It's not about saying the right prayers, and it's not about having even the right beliefs. It's not even about having the right actions. It's not about having a list of rules that you've got to check off. It's about having a new heart and a new mind. I want you to notice that the sheep, they don't help people because they're thinking, this is going to get me into the kingdom of God in the end. That's not why we serve. Why do they help people? They help people because they're people. They're other people. They love simply because they, they are supposed to love. This is a marker of the life of faith, is love. Love for other people. To be a servant of the king means you will be a servant of others. You're not going to do it out of 
an idea that, well, if I just help enough people, then I'm going to be saved. That's actually what Jesus doesn't want you to be thinking that way. He's saying you're already saved by grace through, through faith. But let me give you a glimpse into what the life of faith looks like. It looks like loving others for the sake of the other person, not for the sake of your salvation. Our good works, which we are supposed to do, they flow out of the people that we are. Since we are in Christ, we will do good works. Good works that have, in fact, been prepared for us to do. We will love other people when we're in Christ. It reminds me of another text in John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Jesus says, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then later in that same uh, chapter, um, this is one of my favorite uh, sentences in the Bible. Um, Verse 20 of chapter 4 in the Gospel of John Jesus says this, those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. I love that sentence. We should all remember that sentence. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. In the sheep and the goats story, you have the first group of people that have loved their brothers and sisters, not because they saw Jesus in them. Jesus was in them. Jesus was there. But that's not why they loved them. They loved them because they saw them as other human beings. And we seem to be living in a world sometimes where we don't see the other as a human being, or we do hate, and yet with our mouths we're saying, I believe in God. We need to be very, very careful. We're called to love and not as a way of getting something for ourselves. It's not our entry point for salvation to love other people. It is what we're called to do because we are in Christ and we're Christ's people. And it's such a wonderful thing because when we come to the end and Jesus does come and he separates us, to our surprise, we will find that Jesus is saying, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And we'll say... I don't remember doing any of that for you, Jesus. And he'd say, you did it to the least of these. And that was me. It'll be a surprise. Because people who are in Christ start to do these things. It'll be a wonderful surprise to be in the good graces of the king as one of his subjects. Who behave in this way loving others, not for our sakes, but for their sakes.
So let us love one another because love is from God.